Welcome inside the world of Duotone, everybody. I'm Josie Ashland. Joining me today in the booth, I have Ralph Grossel, the kite designer for Duotone Kiteboarding. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Why don't you tell everybody where you come from and when you got into the beginnings of kite surfing? Uh, let me try to make it as short as ever possible. Um, I have started paragliding with the age of 14 and it was basically the first step into, like, let's say, my current career. I, I was working for a paragliding test pilot when I was 16, started my first company, Fly Surfer, with the age of 20, directly after finishing school. Um, I then... Um, proceeded to to Nash a little bit um, then founded and that was co-founder of another company which is involved in special sales called ISTEC and in 2004 I started to join the boards and more so North Skyboarding um, have also my own company established in 2010 um, with two brands, Jibe Design and Oxley Sales. Jibe is market leader in pneumatic inflatable tents. And um, yeah, currently um, still involved in a couple of projects. One thing uh, which is really important for me is a software engineering project since a couple of years. It's called Pika 6, which is like something which I really like to focus on. And um, yeah, doing um, a lot of different things simultaneously trying to do the best out of it. That sounds like you got a lot going on, Ralph. I had no idea that Jive Inflatables were you. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's yeah, me. Yeah. And it's, this is, you know, like this is one of these projects which are um, like kind of coming naturally towards you. It's like it's a synergy. It's just the, these inflatable tents are literally based on the modular system I introduced for developing or producing the kites. And it's just something which has developed very nicely. We do um, three types of tents for advertising purposes, for for bus, like the Volkswagen T5, T6, and Humanity tents. And it's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a really nice spin-off, I have to say. Absolutely, congratulations. So Ralph, the idea of this podcast is talk about lightweight kites and light wind conditions for kite surfing. One of the things we're seeing all the brands doing that there isn't so many changes in the design of the kite, a lot, you know, wider wingtip, a little bit more closed arc. What we're seeing is that they are looking for different materials, materials that are lighter, stronger with that lightweight to be able to get the kites to perform in a wider range of conditions. Where do you see this going? Well, first of all, I'm this entire topic is quite complicated and it is not so easy to summarize it just in two sentences. You have to understand that um, it's always the sum from many variables which um, defines a final product, well, let's say, which defines a good product. And the material is one point, that, but then the construction details for the manufacturing processes is another point. And of course, also then the overall design and everything has to, to merge into each other to build something let's say special and of course i mean being light is always a topic i mean this is not, nothing new if you look to other industries regardless if it's biking or for example paragliding i'm also um, a paragliding designer for for icaro since many years and this is also my source like coming from this paragliding scene and in paragliding it's all about being light because um, when you have a lighter product there are some 
interesting flight aspects or characteristics which make the product just better plus that if the product is lighter then you have the chance to take the your equipment hike and fly to a mountain and then just take off from there so it's not that in kite surfing we invented being light absolutely not it's just like taking over from other industries however in kite surfing, it, everything is a bit more complicated because the inflatable structure really has to take quite a strong load. Um, mm -hmm. Loads for impacts, like loads for when you basically steer the kite or load up the kite for a jump. So it took really years, like nearly two decades, to progress. Yeah, to process progress further in the development of new materials to achieve new products. So it's it's it's. I mean, we are working on on these and other companies as well since many years. And um, well, since since Allure and Penta TX, we have achieved something new, which will definitely lead us and then also the entire industry to new products of course like for example this year inside duotone you had the sls and the d lab can you explain the differences in between them yeah uh, it's quite interesting so the the penta tx is a material which is uh, a bit lighter than the normal standard dark runs um, just to give you some rough numbers the normal dark run we have been using for let's say 20 years is around 160 gram per square meter penta tx is 130 so 30 gram wow. weight difference but this is only one point the penta tx has definitely different characteristics um the um, the bios elongation so this is like basically what defines the stiffness of the material is mm -hmm. higher so it's more rigid and with this lighter and more rigid frame you're able to to create different types of kites. And I think now with introducing the new SLS featuring the Pentatix and also the Evo SLS, um, you can see that it makes quite a big difference in the overall flight characteristics in terms of performance, handling, everything related to, to the feeling um, and the sensation um, of the kite. So Panther is a development which we have started um, parallelly, or let's say hand in hand with our um, partner Challenger Sailcloth a couple of years ago. And it took definitely some time to adapt to it. It was definitely not easy. Um, because this, the, the new stiffness requires a lot of new import. You have to design the kites different. You have to change uh, sewing techniques. You have to ensure that the stiffness doesn't have a downside of it. And then of you course. have the Allure material. And Allure is the most radical material currently available for inflatable parts. It weights 80 gram, a little bit above 80. And here you can already see 160 gram from a normal darkroom. And now you have half. 80 grams. Half. It's 50%. It's 50%. Then these 50% is something which is, yeah, um, which makes a huge difference. A huge difference. It's the, the flight characteristics, the ability to, to fly the kite in ultra light wind, in wind you would never expect a kite to fly, is something groundbreaking. But on the other side, Allure is very difficult to handle in terms of from the manufacturing side. And it took us 
over two years to make it work, yeah, to to ensure that these materials are lasting as long as good as the normal standard materials. And um, yeah, as you can see, I'm talking forever about that topic because it, it wasn't easy. It was from many different aspects. It wasn't easy to handle. Um, but now with the Juice D-Lab, um, I think we have done something which is not only a benchmark, I would call it groundbreaking, actually, in terms of inflatable tube kites and the way we are going to define kite surfing in the future in terms of the light wind abilities and in terms of being able to to join the sport yet to to in in conditions we 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 never thought it's going to be able to actually go to the water and have fun i mean basically it's just a good excuse to be at the beach right ralph <laughs> absolutely um i definitely need uh, better sun cream now this is like <laughs> you know um it is we have starting these projects years ago and I, and I did a kite um, which um, with with a 13 square meter of, of area like a 13 square meter kite below two kilos 1.95 kilograms and this wow this kite was it was a trial it was a test it was um, something to to push the boundaries to see what is actually possible and we made that kite not out of the standard materials we just took literally materials from other industries we took paragliding um, materials we we have been using paragliding techniques for example for for the lines for attaching the lines to an inflatable and then we would just put everything together everything everything we had all our all our experience in in materials in production technologies in in kite design and develop that kite and then I tried it out in South Africa, and um, there there's a the, there's a video on my uh, Instagram channel where you can see that I can I'm able to basically um, fly the kite 360 degrees around me. Of course, I have to run a little bit because there are three knots of wind, so I have to compensate this with running. But you can fly the kite 360 degree around you. Try that with your kites on the beach, and then you take the kite and you go. Kiting, you go foiling in in four knots of wind. And four knots, believe me, is nothing. Yeah, I remember sitting on the beach in South Africa and seeing you guys rock up with this kite. The water was completely glassy. I was just sitting there having a beer. I was like, it's impossible for you guys to go out. And then suddenly you threw the kite in the air and you boys were kiting. I think this opens a world of possibilities. Yeah, definitely. It was, the funny thing is, we were, you know, if you have never experienced something like this and you're just like trying to push the boundaries, um, it's like, okay, let's see, let's see what's going to happen. And as you said, the, the water is glassy. You could not actually really tell where the wind is coming from. And then you, you dive the kite down and you see, oh, it is generating the power you need, especially due to the light weight. It also generates the power with the upstroke, which is the most important point of like, being able to get on the foil, you know, this is like because when you keep when you are going, you are going on a foil. There is like so little input required to keep you going on the foil, but you have to come on the foil. Yeah, it, something has to pull you on the foil. And so with this upstroke, I, I realized, oh, it's possible. It's possible. And I tried and I tried. And then finally you are there. You see five meters down through the water, and um, you think it's just it's just crazy because you 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 just starting to generate your your own apparent wind. 
And um, in five, four knots of wind, you have 12 knots of, of riding speed, for example, eh, with this particular kite. And it's just, it's an amazing sensation. Um, it's, it's not that other people haven't achieved this before. I mean, this is like if you're a super good rider, you can definitely also achieve this with other kites. But the point is that with a tube kite, with the handling characteristics of a tube kite, with this intuitive sensation to it, with the ability to water relaunch that kite also in four knots of wind, you're just opening up a market which is commercial. And commercial is not a bad word at all, like really not. Commercial just means that you have a product which works for a lot of people. And this is something, this is for me, that always has been the most important achievement. This is like, I want to be judged by the products I'm doing, you know, like this, I'm always saying, like, if you look into the product portfolio I have been developing the last 20 years, you actually, you don't have to talk to me, you, you don't have to to know me in person, just check out the, the the products I have been developing, and this this should reflect basically to myself. I always try to, to be upfront, I always try to be innovative, I, I always try to be... To, to do something special and this was just the the sum of it you know like this sensation it was really good for for myself as well but i really enjoyed it because i knew of oh, them if we can get this idea transferred um into in, into um, a commercial product then um a lot of people will enjoy and this is it's this is what's all about in the end i'm happy if people on the beach are having a great time because this is all about it it's a fun sport um and the and everyone should like try to have the best time possible with the with the best uh, available material no doubt and i mean you know being fair to the industry not everybody has that perfect location not everybody has that perfect 20 knots where you can go out on your nine meter and it must be really fulfilling to be able to look for those out of the box ideas new materials to make those special kites but then of course bring them back to the commercial side where people can have them out of the box the main goal for all of the brands is the plug and play where anybody can just attach their lines jump on the kite get on the water and have fun totally um and on on the other hand i mean it, it i always have to highlight it's very important as to mention it's it's always a teamwork if you don't have the right infrastructure if you don't have the right people working with you will not achieve this and and luckily with the with the Vuitton and the history of the boards and more and the connection for example also be, be, between the production facility and myself like hannes hannes knolls which is the uh, production manager at gsl in sri lanka there's there's a long connection and we know each other for so many years and we, we always try to to push it and i think in this in this lucky circumstances of these variables um i think with the with the juice d lab we we have achieved something a product which is able to to spend some some more joy and some more passion underwater yeah, it must be really passionate to be able to source those kind of materials and create things that at the moment might not be that cost effective, but are producing a new direction and a new future for the sport. Maybe here in five or 10 years time where materials such as SLS or Alula will be easier to use, easier to manufacture and cheaper to buy. But you guys have already made that path so you guys have already set the first footsteps for the future of the sport it must be really cool for you to be able to put your grain of sand in those kind of directions so early on in the game 
It is. It is, definitely. And um, I think with having the the opportunity to work, let's say, with Challenger Sailcloth um, is something which might make also the difference in a certain way. This is, I mean, it's clear you know, Duotone is the market leader since many years, and we, we are in a very lucky position that people or manufacturers, uh, material producers are approaching us because they, they, they see the potential and they want to work with us. So we are in, in the lucky position to to be faced with these kind of materials. And then we have also, this is, it's a clear thing, we have the financial strength as well to go into these development phases. And it's not it's not easy. I mean, if, if, if I say, you know, if I say we have been working on it for two years, then there's a lot of money involved because there are many prototypes, many, many prototypes involved. And we have to change so many variables also from the production side to to make it happen and yeah it is it's cool it's just like it's of course i think for every designer in general it's 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 very pleasant and and it's a very motivating goal to see that there's something on the horizon and i was always always uh, trying to achieve it um, when i started flysurfer i mean i think some people know that this company is just dedicated to soft kites and for me it was absolutely clear after 2004 when i when i joined nash for a couple of months that there's no real future in soft kites in terms of being commercial but um, there are always certain aspects to it which are very interesting and being light and being um, in the position to make things lighter is definitely something I tried to achieve for many years, but it was just not possible. The sport was in the beginning a bit too small, then the material um, supplies, they were not really interested because they tried to use the standard materials for the sailing industry. And then suddenly this, this sport exploded so much that everyone was mm. saying like, oh, okay, mm. this is a great business. So maybe we can, we should think about further and we try to make a, a point also from the um, manufacturing point of few and so one thing lead to another it was nothing which was just there and then it happened it was definitely a, um, a progress for many years um, to make these things or to change it and i'm convinced that that kite surfing in total as a sport will definitely have the chance to to progress in the next years based and based on these new technologies so I think this is um, also from the designers, from my personal point of view, it's a very interesting uh, and motivating phase of, of my career because it's not over. It's just the beginning. Hands down. But I want to see in five years time, Ralph, I want to see some zero gravity kites. <laughs> Well, zero is a little bit difficult, and we we can ask Elon Musk if he's going to take you to to to, uh, to the moon. Well, there's gravity <laughs> as well, but out of space, uh, you, you know. But this is the thing, you know. It's always even now, yeah. By by, I shouldn't say that, but even even now, we we know that we can even push that thing further with the juice, with the juice D lab and D lab. D-Lab stands for Duotone Laboratory, and this is exactly what it is. It is just like these 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 um, products are very expensive. I mean, no question about it. And it's and it it's not really commercial because they are so expensive. 
but what to do you know this is like this is the cost of the material and we try to do something extraordinary and we have to see how the market is actually going to react to it however it's not going to stop us because we want to be the leading manufacturer the leading kite company for the next years or decade and we're really trying to push it hard and i'm absolutely convinced that people will enjoy it on one side and also will be willing to spend this mm -hmm. extra money because it's just it, it ensures that you are increasing your time on the water which is the most valuable point in it so let's see how everything develops but i can tell you that it's definitely not the end and it's definitely going to be interesting yeah for sure i think one of the things people don't realize is the years of development the years of testing of prototypes that go in to a product that is new out on the market you know especially questions come up on and on these lighter products is is lighter more fragile how strong is it how resistant is it it kind of goes hang in hand in hand ralph is lighter more fragile generally sort of yes i mean difficult to answer to, uh, generally yes it is because less material means that you have to find ways to distribute loads in a different way i mean mm -hmm. it's quite clear you know i mean you, you need different kinds of reinforcements you need different types of sewing techniques to to ensure that the um the needles which are penetrating the material and and, and basically destroying the material in the point where the needle goes through the material um so you're perforating it it's just you have to you have to find ways and with the alua material we did literally hundreds maybe even a, a thousand different samples on the test bench in Oberhaching um, in the production facility then making samples sending them to the kite schools using them up seeing what happens and the, the point is that for example with, with, with some of the techniques we have been using you could see the first impact after th uh, 30 hours of usage and it sounds like a small number but 30 hours of strong usage means that someone has to go out with one prototype and just use it for 30 hours you know and um, and really to see what what happens with the wear and it is definitely the um the goal to ensure that um, lighter material is equally strong than the standard ones and with the allure we we achieve this but it was a long way i can imagine so like you're saying you look into different sports into different sections of new materials and new advancements for example in paragliding with your background in sailing and then try and implement that into the sport of kite surfing where do you make a kite lighter do you just on the canopy with new materials do you take struts away and where do you implement it in the range of the brand so for example if we take the vegas which is a kite that's going to have a pounding would you use these lighter materials because normally lighter means more fragile or do you start implementing it on say the more cruisy free rise styles like we have of the juice where do you start to test these new materials out well, uh, generally, I mean, you have to, if something is lighter, you have to try to get the best benefits out of it. And uh, that means, um, why should I actually implement a super expensive material into a, a Vegas? I could, definitely. And also the kite would fly better, yes. But what we try with, with these D-Lab um, products is to really push 
the boundaries and and this is you know once you've experienced by yourself what it means to write in four or five or even six knots then it's a game changer also for you personally so first of all the first decision um or the first target which comes up to uh, to our minds is like okay we push boundaries we just try to make something extraordinary and this is then of course going to kites which are already the light wind kites with which is the juice the juice was the normal juice was already the benchmark in light wind kites and being used by so many schools and so many private persons uh, saving their holidays because of the ability of going in in whatever eight knots so overall i have to say first it is like you you, you of course you, you try to minimize everything all the components and it's not only the material it's it's the sum so we have been changing the thickness of the bridles. We have been changing the way we are attaching the bridles to the leading edge and the, the pigtails. They are um, way, way lighter. The bridles are way lighter. We have reduced everything which is possible to reduce the bladder diameter, yeah? the material of the bladder. It's this huge part because this is something you normally don't see. It's hidden uh, mm -hmm. behind the leading edge. But these are all the things. And of course, going from five to three struts, it's also saving you some weight. And the three struts kites are the ideal combination between um, structural stiffness and weight. So the mono has only one center strut, but it's... It, it of course it would also work with the alua material no question but this type of kite especially the juice 13 is is so racy when you are on the foil it's so ultra performant that you are gaining so much speed your own appearance speed you are creating is so high that you don't need any vibration on the kite and that means you have to implement three struts because this is the difference between one strut and three struts is the ability to ride fast to depower the kite and still have a smooth airflow around the kite itself so this wow. is the compromise you have to do of course it's like different kites for different situations i presume absolutely this is the thing and this is you know we don't know yet in 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 which way it goes and to what it will lead and i mean there's it's clear that we are going to implement dlab also to other kites that's clear it's going to happen and i think that will be have uh, impact but first of all our vision has to be validated by the customers this is of like this, this is like we have a vision but maybe the, the, the customers are saying like yeah great idea but what well, way too expensive and actually mm, i don't like it so then we have to rethink it we don't know. I mean, our feedback is insane. Like the people which are trying it at the moment and us, we are totally blown away. But still, I'm always saying this is like, it doesn't matter if I like it, you have to like it. You have to like it. You are like the, the customer is basically um, the person who validates everything and tells me in the end if I did a good job or not. This is this is how it is uh, and not the other way around. Yeah, that is very true. I mean, it has to be the end goal for any kite company is the plug and play is that that person can just connect their lines, go out and have fun. It doesn't matter if they've kited six months ago or six minutes ago is to be able to go out on the water and come out with that smile. And if you as a kite designer can increase that smile with materials, with designs, with better and more improved kites, I mean, that must be the benchmark and the goal for you too. Yeah. 
intuitive, smart. Smart design. Smart design is just like if you don't to have if you don't need to explain, then a product is smart. The moment you start trying to tell you, yes, you have to do this in this way or in that way, and then it's everything is too complicated. And this is also one of the reasons why the soft kites never took off. This is just like overall in a sum in comparison to the tube guide just not a commercial product in my personal point of view so this is and if you look to the numbers the, the market would agree to that you know, to that statement however um, <clears throat> it is much more complicated much more complicated to make a commercial product than a niche product a hundred percent ralph i mean i think one of the biggest milestone in kiting at the moment is that plug and play that brands have achieved that any newcomer or user can just rock up at the beach put their lines on the kite and start enjoying i mean remember back in the day when you got a kite out of the bag you would have to trim the pigtails you'd have to trim your lines customize it so it would get to that sweet spot that plug and play situation and then you know take for example a 10 meter neo these days it you can use it in such a wide variety of conditions you don't have to change sizes as much all of the kites they they have a bigger wind range they're they're safer to use and i think um you know all of us had that story of being caught by a gust or being flown down the beach like ben Hur, and i think you know definitely the biggest milestone and the biggest achievement in kite design at the moment is the fact that it is more user-friendly yeah and of course we are just at the moment just talking about kites um, but it like this progress you mentioned applied to every single product within the portfolio of kite surfing uh, the lines is a huge point, huge. The mm. bar, the line, the, the click bar, for example, this is something for me which really changed my my personal way of riding. And now with the new lines, we, we implemented the Flight 99. Um, everything is so much better. Everything is so much more precise and everything is so much more um connected to each other this is um it's it's not nothing special in the end because it's progression it's progression like everywhere else in all the other industries but it's just so nice to see that uh, the sport really has progressed over the last whatever 25 years let's see how you call it i mean i always say like 20 years or 21 years because from a european point of view the the, the real thing took off in in, in 2000 but um, yeah, um, there's always the chance to make things better in the sum because the complexity is in every single product. There's complexity in the boards, in the footstraps, in the bar, in the lines, in, in, in everything. In, it's just an endless possibility of variation. And that makes it so interesting. Yeah, it's the full package. So, Ralph, for people on the manufacturing side, run me through the steps from when you wake up at one o'clock in the morning with this brand new kite idea to getting that onto the shelves of the shops. What are the steps from kite design to manufacturing to testing to, you know, sending it out there? Which are the processes? What are the steps for that to happen? It depends a bit. It depends. Um, if you have like benchmark products like the choose D-Lab, then it's not that you're waking up suddenly. Um, it's just like an overall goal you have in mind. This is something you, you try to achieve over many years. So mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, I would say, let's take an, let's take a different product. Let's say taking, 
mm, well, we, let's take the Evo SLS with the Penta material. It was the Penta material was a bit different story. It started um, years ago when I when I was uh, in Macedonia sitting on a hill uh, because I was just testing a paraglider and I had a Skype meeting. Uh, scheduled with with Ben and Bob, um, the two owners of Challenger Sailcloth, and it was just one of these random meetings um, discussing in which, like in which direction materials will go and what is the overall situation at the moment, and we we just had a good chat, and it was all about talking price points. Yeah, how can we make it a bit more cost efficient and everything? Because that's a huge point, you know. This is always it was always a huge point in the industry to make it more cost efficient. Clearly, of it has course. to be like that. You know, it's nothing uh, to hide, and it's always. And then on, on, suddenly I said, like, listen, guys, you have such a huge portfolio of different products in line. I mean, Challenger is, is, is a huge company with I think 25 million euro turnover and, and connected to many, many, many different areas in the industry um, from auto equipment to sail, so yachting, kite surfing, paragliding, everything. And they said like, listen, we have this new machinery, like this new coating technology. And actually we do have a new yarn. We are using this yarn for something completely different, but like what what if we would combine it and i said like yeah great uh, but the price point is like forget the price point just like just really try to forget what it will cost try to be crazy about it try to be crazy just do your material your what you would actually wish to do if there would be no limitations no no boundaries and we everyone was actually quite excited because they said like, yeah, okay, if there's no, no price point involved, then we go crazy. Then two weeks later, I got basically these two guys on the phone, Ben and Bob, and they they said and they mentioned like, okay, so we did it. And I said like, okay, what happened? And you were basically, basically you heard the champagne bottles popping in the background. And, and I said like, what, ha what happened? And he said like, yeah, we have a test bench, which actually tests the tear strengths of the material and we broke it. I said like, okay, you, you broke the test bench. Yeah, with the new material. The material is 10 times stronger than every material we ever done before. And I said, like, okay. And what is the weight? 130 grams. And I said, like, oh, 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 okay. Now we are talking, you know. Now, now we're, we're talking. talking. Now we're talking. So, and and that was the starting point of, of the Panther. And, and, and just a couple of weeks later, we got the first samples. And I presented in, in, in a meeting to, to, to Ebola, the CEO of the board, Simon. And I said, like, listen, that was just like a little piece, like A5 size. And I said, like, till. This is going to be the future. Yeah. And he said, like, why? And I said, like, I tried to rip it apart. And he he wasn't able to do so. And then he was looking at me. And then I always said, like, let's make a bet. Because this is like my phrase. It's just like, let's make a bet. This is going to revolutionize the industry. And I said, like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Let's let's try it. Let's test it. And and that was basically that was the starting of the entire SLS idea in the end. So it 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 was not that I woke up. In the morning, said like today is the day I'm going to revolutionize in kite mm. surfing. It's absolutely it's a team not. Effort. It is a team effort. It is absolutely 100% a team effort, and it's it's a networking thing as well. And and everyone involved has his share on on a product if it's great. So um, it yeah one thing leads to another, and in in the end we have products which we haven't been able to design before with the SLS and. So far, the feedback I got from the Evo and also from the new, which is developed by Ken, um, is 
great. Let's put it this way. It's, I think the people really enjoying the difference and the increase of performance and handling. So, so sorry, just to, to not 100% answering your question in detail. So this is, it, it's just you have to understand that it's it, the the process is. You have something, of course, you are aiming for something, then you have the chance to get it. And then, of course, the work starts. And the work starts with, um, first of all, Hannes, the production manager at GSL, he gets it, he he validates it. He tells me, okay, is it flat enough to actually put it on a cutting table? Um, mm -hmm. How does it work with the with the sewing techniques we are using? Then I'm making the first prototypes and I realized, whew, the Kaiser just not flying the way the flew before. So I had to change the design parameters. And within my career, I've never done so many prototypes and on a single product. I did for the Evo SLS nine meter, I don't know, 10 prototypes or more, something like this. This is very unusual for me. Normally I only need three for everything actually. And but here I was like, oh, oh, okay, I can push it further, further, further. I have to understand. I really wanted to understand the material and yes, to gain the best out of it. So we had a very long development process um, to learn all the aspects of it. And we had to change manufacturing um, um, specifications quite often to, to make it work the way we we wanted have to work. So um it, it's a yeah it's a, everyone every single step is involved and of course then the feedback from different team riders has to be there and it's just like it's a puzzle it's a it's a big puzzle uh, it has complexity and you have to go through every single bit and piece validate it check it confirm it to to make it work and um luckily we we did it yeah, congratulations, Ralph. I mean, it's a team effort, like you say. It must be really nice to to see so many passionate people together and for that end product to come out and you can see the average Joes or the weekend warriors just going out there and having this session of their life. Congrats. That's a good point, Joe, because for me, in the end, you know, like if the people do ask me if I'm whatever they, they say, if I'm proud of doing something, I said like, poof, like if I look to the beach, I'm not, I don't feel proud. This is not my nature. I feel happy, not yeah. proud, happy when the people do not know me on the beach <laughs> and just coming from the water and just saying like, wow, fuck, that was good. You know, like this is, and, and not just like they had a good time. So this makes me happy, not proud because it's my work. You know, like I'm, I'm getting paid for this. I'm very passionate. I'm a very competitive person. I always try to be the best in the field I'm I'm working in. So I'm I'm not proud. I'm happy if people do have to join because then this is the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is if if the people having fun. Yeah, no doubt. I think it's like you say, Ralph, it must be really nice to be able to stand on the sidelines and then, for example, someone rock up after a session and say, you've got to try this. This was so nice. And, you know, they don't know who you are or who you work for or what you do. That must be really satisfying to know that you had your hands on that product and you had a big part in that product. But I'm going to ask you a couple of questions questions here Ralph let me throw some out there is with all the achievements you've had throughout your career in paragliding and kiting and all the achievements to come on the kite surfing side what is the biggest achievement you've had to date oh that's a very good question and really not easy to answer uh, looking back 
I have to say that my 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 achievement is not a product. It is, let's say, the package I created together with the manufacturers, together with with um, people which are making it possible that I'm actually able to to develop my design ideas. I always say like one idea is worth nothing if you can't make it happen. You know, this is like you have it's possible that you have 100 good ideas per day, but what is it worth if you just can't make them come true? So it's much more an achievement of ensuring that an idea is being able to to push through than anything else. So in particular, I have to say I have developed so many different products and so many different niches that I cannot even select one. It's just, I think it's for me, it's the package to basically being able to achieve. That's a really good motto to follow, huh? And how about you travel the world and go to all different locations, be it either with the manufacturing and designing or on the kiting side. We know you're a very passionate kite surfer or waterman. What is the craziest trip you've had? You were telling us that you had a meeting with the kite manufacturer uh, while you're paragliding over some mountains. What is the craziest trip you've done? Mm, it's also a good question because I have traveled so, the, the world so intensively. I think I've been to over 42 countries in my life. Um, and um, I have done so many things that I also unfortunately forgot a lot of things which were maybe not so nice. <laughs> That's good because then you have to repeat them. Exactly. Yeah, sometimes it's, it's like Aaron who showed up at a spot and some people are saying, like, you have been here 10 years ago and he's like just, ah, ah really? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Was here before? Okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not remembering. So when you, you know, when you are on the fast forward button, then of course there are things which are like passing alongside your 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 mind you know it's like it's always the question on what you're actually focusing on and and as mentioned before i'm so competitive i always try to achieve the things and unfortunately then it's not always a i'm not always able to capture everything and of course i had you know positive or negative things and and crazy i can only say like looking back the last 25 years I mean, when I was 14, I went to Bulgaria to learn paragliding all, all on my own. I couldn't really speak English. And uh, I convinced my mother, let's say I convinced her <clears throat> by <laughs> to send me there because I was just like, no, I'm, I'm just going, I'm doing this, you know, like I'm just, there's no way to stopping me. And it was a crazy time. It was crazy, um, crazy experience for me. It really um, changed my life um, forever because I, I was just there literally by my own and I was so into it. And yeah, there was my focus was there and, and having that focus leads you to the thing. So ah, it's so difficult to, to answer that question. I mean, it's, um, the first trips to China were insane. Oh, they were insane, like um, mentally for me. Um, so like with the cultural cultural differences and 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 just working wow, literally like 48 hours, like basically no sleep and trying to adapt to everything and trying to build up the production um, facility for fly surfer. This was just all crazy, like developing the kites, you know, like being 20 years 
flying to China. I've never been there before, of course not, like how? And then just being confronted, sitting in a Chinese production facility, telling them, uh, actually, we have to develop it differently because these the kinds I'm looking for, you have to manufacture it in a different way. And then the people are looking at you and, and, and saying like, what is this white nose doing there? And then you basically take over. You are going and stepping onto the sewing machines and, and, and everyone is just like coming around and want to see if this guy with the white nose is able to operate a sewing machine. And yes, I, I can, because I did all these models on the sewing machine my mother bought me when I was 14. So I was like, I did already hundreds of models by myself. Yeah. So I had really good um, sewing skills and th these kind of things. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, this is just coming up to my mind. Yeah. This is, um, th th that really is something um, which now when I'm reflecting about it was definitely something something really interesting which which definitely changed my way of thinking and um, um, also showed me that the world is uh, is so great in opportunities and differences and vari variations and, and different kind of people and mentality so, so that I would say this is it's just the journey sounds uh, sounds a little bit like an advertising but it is I would say that the, the achievement is sort of the, the journey I had. Ah, uh, definitely. It isn't the destination. It definitely is the journey. The journey is where all the fun is. It should be like that. <laughs> I mean, I also had really bad times, no? I mean, with, with really horrible trips and, uh, and and things like that or whatever, like dislocating my shoulder in the middle of nowhere and then uh, five hours to the next hospital. It's everything but no fun. Yeah, I can imagine. But I think in the end, it's passion. Passion is the most important thing that drives you for these trips. There must be so many different stories and I can't wait to find out more. Well, Ralph, thank you very much for joining us here on Inside the World at Duotone. I hope to catch up with you very soon. And where are you at the moment? Because I am literally going to close down my laptop get a flight and come to where you are to get on those new kites yeah it's greece it's lefkada in greece and everyone who wants to be at a really great kite location where everything is just ex yeah, extraordinary and extraordinary fantastic people nice food everything is absolutely um, great over here lefkada is something i can highly recommend to everybody yeah thank you very much for having me it was really interesting i loved it and uh, yeah thank you yeah thanks ralph greece it is get those kites ready i am on my way and thank you everybody for joining us here on this podcast that was inside the world of duotone with ralph grossel kite designer from duotone kiteboarding take care until next time <laughs> <laughs>